The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So welcome. You're already recording? Okay. Um, so tonight the, we'll talk about effort. Um, and the first thing I'll say about effort is um, absolutely everything we do requires effort. Everything. And so I'm going to kind of try and pull some finer detailed attention to how, how we're making that effort. Um, and so the, one of the primary ways I'm going to do that is actually through a guided meditation. And um, my invitation is to, uh, you know, sort of just be curious, be interested in your own effort in the reflections I offer. And, and then we'll, you know, be talking about it together um, afterwards. So... I think we can just sort of move right into that. Um, So finding your posture, your meditation posture. So a position that you feel like you can stay in for probably 25 minutes or so. A position that allows the spine to be upright and allows the the chair and the floor, the earth to hold your weight so you can give your body to the chair, to the earth. And with your your next inhale, maybe feeling it rise up through you and lifting your spine tall toward the sky. And just taking a few deeper breaths And for a moment, just whatever your anchor is, if it's not the breath, just connecting with your anchor. An anchor is something that you can use to help your awareness stay here in this moment, the ever-changing moment. So the breath is moving in and out and can be an anchor to help us keep our mind in the present with awareness. Sounds can be an anchor or sensations in the body as well. And so just in this, we're already making effort. Deciding to sit, bringing awareness into breathing, 
And just noticing how easy or difficult it feels to feel your breath at this moment, to stay with the experience of breathing. And just just for experimenting, try a little harder for a minute. Try a little harder to stay with your breathing. And notice the impact of that effort of trying a little harder. And now try a little less. Not, not intending to follow your breathing. But maybe somehow do it a little more lightly, a little more easily. And now maybe try thinking about a three-breath journey. Just taking it three breaths at a time. Seeing if you can be intimate and connected and aware of three inhales and exhales in a row. And then maybe three more breaths, three breath journey, just three. Feeling the rising of the body with the inhale, the falling or the letting go with the exhale. Just sort of let go of your effort. Sit down a little bit more on your sit bones. And I'm going to offer three similes. I just want you to feel into the simile and see if any of them resonate or if you have your own arise that somehow captures the energy, the effort, 
you were putting into being with your anchor or your breath. So the first image I'll call, call to mind is of a dancer, someone who is really embodied, maybe moving not too quickly. Imagine how they lift their hand and their arm. And you can feel them, their presence, their awareness in every move. Even maybe subtle, subtle movements they make. They're very committed to embodying Maybe even you can see how they're aware of the people around them that are moving in your mind's eye while being connected to their own bodies. They make it easy, look easy, perhaps. And here's a second simile. Imagine a clown, how they move. That kind of sloppy moving, the way they tend to fall and, or slacken their bodies, how they seem to be very focused on one thing and missing so many things around them. Maybe imagine something entirely different, the movement of a wrestler. They're very embodied. And they drive their energy into their movement. All of their energy goes into their movement. So those are three different similes of how effort in our bodies can appear. And there's many, many more. Just taking a moment to see which one or which one in your own mind feels most like the energy or the effort you brought to your sitting down here tonight. As you kind of connect with your own effort, even now, maybe, you can tune into the tone. It can be friendly, but it could also be apathetic or belligerent. The tone in your own mind could be neutral, respectful, kind-hearted. What would it feel like to have an internal tone that feels respectful? Kind-hearted. 
also consider our confidence. We may feel quite confident right now, being aware of our breathing. Or we could feel extremely insecure, uncertain. Just seeing if you can find that trusting confidence. To be with your breathing as best you can. To be mindful as best you can. Without being forceful. There's just also this quality of commitment. Commitment to staying. Staying aware. Noticing if you have a sense of weak, mild commitment or a strong commitment. A dedication or a devotion versus a controlling effort, a controlling commitment. Another quality to notice is a sense of generosity. Is there a sense of generosity with yourself, with your mind, with your experience, with your body? What would it be like to be patient with whatever is happening inside of yourself right now? creating room now I want to invite you to imagine you're just sitting down to meditate again and as you sit and you come into your posture I want you to reflect on what is your aspiration for practice. What inspires you? What is the reason you're here? What is the reason you meditate? And seeing if you can't just hold that aspiration lightly, with care, and try saying, may this practice support me in this way. Like a a wish, an invitation, that you're dropping into the system, the body, the mind, 
trusting it knows how to respond. And then there's this idea of trust, faith, belief, faith in the practice, faith that it's possible. Maybe reflect on the Buddha, the Dharma, or the Sangha. What do you have faith in? Invite it to come into your heart, into your mind's eye. Invite it to sit beside you. Maybe imagine your ancestors around you supporting you if that's supportive. Or your spiritual friends. Maybe imagine being at the time of the Buddha, sitting with other monks and nuns, feeling their support. Feeling into each other here. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to practice again just with your breathing. But as you turn back toward your breath, bring this inspiration, aspiration, or the, what you have faith in with you. Bring a sense of curiosity, of not knowing. And the sense that something really important is happening right here in each breath you take in your body here, in this room, it's important. Whatever comes up, it's important. Not that we need to engage with our thinking. We can just let it be. It's okay. The thoughts can come. Witnessing it all. Being surprised by it all. You're watching your own karma. That's amazing. Nothing needs to happen. Nothing needs to be done. 
Just placing value on knowing, just the knowing. Doesn't matter what you know, just knowing your experience with a kind heart. One breath at a time. Just knowing. And softening around that knowing. One breath at a time, patient, kind-hearted, And when I ring the bell, just see if you can't 
witness without moving what happens in your body, your mind. Is anybody willing to say a few words about what they noticed, about how, what came up for them, what was easy, what, what, what they noticed, question, comment? Hold on, Ben. Yeah, because we want to hear everybody to hear your beautiful voice and what you have to say. Um. For for me, um, it's like every thirty seconds, or maybe a minute. I don't know. I'm with it, and then I'm out of it, and then I come back to it. It's just a constant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And did you notice? Um, were you able to play with how hard you were trying, or less hard? Well, the only thing I notice is that uh, it's it's. Uh, it's it's always a try. It's always trying. It's always yeah. trying. Yeah. It's heroic. Yeah. It's heroic. If you think about how many times you're saying you keep having to come back, that's, yeah. that is an incredible devotion, Ben. Yeah. You know? It's a lot of effort. It's beautiful commitment. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else willing to share Mitra and Rosa? Both Anne, Rose, and Mitra. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Anne, Rose. Um, uh, um, you know, the part where you mentioned, like, the three type, like, the dancer, the clown, and then the wrestler, I thought I had all three. <laughs> like, the mind was a bit of... Uh, the clown in, in that in some respect because I was all over the place in terms of like uh, a wrestler very like trying to get at it I felt like I was kind of tense in that respect up here in the head trying to fo- 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 force things at times mm-hmm. uh, but the the dancer part was just being still and present and kind of at ease and I felt that so it, it was there was a contrast you know this up here can be kind of tense but then other parts so I'm like let me try and focus and there were times as Ben had noted uh, I was daydreaming and I noticed that I was day- it's like very much so I'm like oh why am I thinking about the coke that I bought earlier let me go back to the breath so it's just focusing or just recognizing it more. That sounds and great. just going back to the breath. Or I love that you could tell, too, that you, know, you were having different experiences at the same time, too. That you could find the settledness in the body, even if the mind was being a clown or a wrestler. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you. 
Yeah, it was <clears throat> the effort, um, the similes that you mentioned. It was interesting to no- notice that um, I was somewhere between a dancer and a, the wrestler, mm. and that definitely not as smooth and continuous as a dancer, but um, somewhere in between there. Um, and the thing that was interesting for me is that I compared it to what I was like before. Mm. And I think I was definitely a wrestler. I, I think even a boxer. Like it was just <laughs> very abrupt and yeah. um, just, and the cha- there's a change. I see, I, I realize a change. Um, yeah. And that it got harder um, at the end because I was waiting for it to end. Yeah. And it was harder to be smooth. And I noticed so much, even my heartbeat increased, thinking that it's going to end and that I want it to end. Or <laughs> Yeah, amazing. So that all was there. Yeah. That's great. Thank you, Mitra. Tracy, did you have your hand up? I'm not sure if you did. Yeah. I became, so the dancer and the clown became one and the same. I would like to think of myself as a very graceful dancer, but in reality, probably more like the clown. (laughs) Um, So it kind of teeters back and forth. uh, And the, the more effort... I try and put into it. It seems like things get farther and farther away. Mm-hmm. And the less effort I put into trying to... Don't think too hard, basically, <laughs> yeah. is what I'm trying to say. The more effort I put into it, the harder it became. Yep. And the less effort, the the easier it became. For oh, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also just so... Um, I'm happy you could each feel into those different kinds of effort in your own being and see that it can shift and change. And, you know, maybe there's sometimes you do need to be a wrestler, you know, but it's certainly not sustainable to stay in that space. And and you're all dancers, too, you know. I don't know... um, Sage, Nemo, or Mustafa, if you guys want to add anything here. Yeah, Nemo. My insight had to do with the difference between uh, the breath as such and breathing through the similes. Mm. And usually I would only focus on the breath in a neutral way and it's almost like a white light conscious of itself but with the similes I was noticing that it was less effortful to focus on the breathing but the quality and rhythm of the breathing was changing so as I was breathing through the dancer through the thought, it was almost like two, like a color, like almost like 
the awareness had a different color with each simile. Mm-hmm. And that was affecting the mm. rhythm of my breath. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And beautiful. I could tell the wrestler was a little agitated. And, I, and if I was not aware of it, I can see how I would stop it. Like it was, ah. I would just jump out of that. Oh, I can't meditate or too much effort. Mm. But because I was aware of it, mm. there was still the white light mm. and the color. Mm. And and I w- it was easier to keep doing it mm. because it was almost like it w- I was not possessed by it. Yeah. It was a, a powerful experience. Oh, good. I think, you know, it, 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 there's something about putting and uh, finding similes that help us recognize our experience. And recognizing our experience helps us be with our experience and not be carried away by it, right? Or, um, you know, just, all of a sudden there's room or something around it um, is the way I would describe it for me as well. You know, this ability to, oh, this is what <laughs> this is what it feels like. Yeah, Mustafa, I know you're new, but do, is there anything that you would like to add? Or, okay. Sage, did you want to add anything? Okay. Anything else? I mean, yeah, great, Mitra. I also, um, when you said that it's three breaths, that yeah. we're, we're, we're going to think of it as three breaths, I found that very helpful. Yeah. That it's doable for me. I can do three breaths and then another three breaths. and It's not as a big a task. Yeah, so your confidence level went way up, right? And when you have confidence, so that's one of the qualities we, you know, I was sort of suggesting we check in with is that if we feel confident, things are a lot easier because we're not anticipating it to be hard, right? We have this sense of confidence. And um, so how about when I kind of asked you to think about your aspiration for practice and faith in the practice, the Buddha, the Dharma. Did that change the the experience or the feeling of being present? Yeah, I think for me, I, I thought about my aspiration as in, in life, why I'm doing this is to find some ease in whatever it is that I'm doing. And I thought that um, I also thought again about the changes that I see during my meditation that there's more ease a little bit more ease in that and I thought it's I'm in, on the right path and I felt the, um, mm. the faith and the yeah and that's that is something that um you can do when you go to sit. You can take a, a few minutes to reflect on why you're sitting, your aspiration for sitting, bringing to mind the Buddha, the Dharma, a quote. But it can help. So initially, I didn't give you much to start, right? I intentionally didn't give you a lot of instructions to just sort of see what happens if you just kind of plop down and start sitting. You know, I, Sometimes I'll give a lot more help kind of, okay, let go of the day, you know. Um, But I kind of wanted you to experience what would happen if you just start meditating versus if you 
take a little bit of time to help arouse a sense of aspiration, confidence, patience, you know, these qualities that if we have them in our minds, they can come with us into the meditation and support us in our practice. Yeah, and um, Sage, did you want to say anything? Tracy? The reason, so when I meditate, okay, life builds up on itself, right? So I, I find that my intention for meditation is to kind of rebalance mm-hmm. uh, myself, mm-hmm. tr- try and step out of the rat race that is so easy to get wrapped up in and just spend time with myself being quiet. Yeah. That that is my intention for meditation. Yeah. Sage is nodding her head over there. <laughs> Two thumbs up, she says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so when you connect with that, that that's your aspiration, how does it change how you feel about meditating? Meditation becomes most important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I I have a hard time staying mindful during everyday life. So in order to rebalance myself, recalibrate things, yeah. it's very important for me to meditate. Otherwise, it just builds up and builds up. And how does knowing it's important to you in this way support your doing it? Knowing the results that that I'm going to get uh, makes makes me seek it out. Nice. Uh, Just to quiet the mind. It's so hard to get that during everyday life unless you really know how to do it. Um, It's much easier for me amongst people here. Yeah. In the quiet, where everyone has the same intention, it becomes much more powerful and easier for me to do it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a really powerful thing to have the gift of meditating with others. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Tracy. Roseanne. And Rose, <laughs> I, I also feel like uh, w- when I seek something or I put too much effort in whatever it is, it kind of drifts away. <laughs> or, mm. but then sometimes I wonder if it's a what do you call it? The thing where it just ends up happening because you will it to. But then maybe in this sense, with medit, what I really like about meditation is there is no. From what I've learned, I don't have to feel bad if I'm not doing it right, if I feel like I'm not, or if I'm doing it wrong, or if I had a really bad day today at work, which I did. I could, oh. still, come, I could still come here and try to be present, and it's okay because I've made that effort. So it's just, just all those things, and I can go about my life feeling like a clown one day, but... 
the next, seeming like a dancer through this practice, and on most days like a wrestler or a boxer, but I just, it's it's just nice just being here and experiencing uh, sangha with everyone. I... And hearing what everyone has to say, I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one. It's really powerful. Yeah. Really Feeling powerful. that way. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Ben, please. Um, so, yeah, um... In terms of aspiration, um, um, years ago when I started to practice, um, I know that at at some point in the future, if you stay with this, uh, you become a lot more aware. My desire was to be so aware as much as I can that uh, I can see what's going on, I can understand what's going on, I can be present to what's going on, and I have all my faculties ready and uh, awake to absorb and to do what needs to be done. Mm. So, and maximize those moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can count maybe the instances, mm-hmm. fleeting instances, mm-hmm. that something happens, mm. and you're all there. Oh, yeah. And you all see. So, mm. the, it's those, those things, those moments are magical. Yeah. As for the effort, um, yes, it's hard. It's always been hard. It's it's still hard. It's probably going to remain hard. But gradually, slowly, there's a shift that happens. Mm. Very subtle Mm -hmm. shift that happens. And you stop, your thought sort of cleanses, your mm. language cleanses, mm. your um, attitude cleanses. Mm. There's a, but it's a very slow, very slow mm-hmm. process. Yeah. Anyway. That was beautiful, Ben. Really beautiful what you shared. All of you, really beautiful. I think um, I just want to stay a little bit with this, um, the different kinds of effort for a minute, and then I'm going to talk about the the four kinds of effort that the Buddha taught, right? Um, But I think... um, One of the things that I'll I'll say when I feel like I have that the energy or the effort of a wrestler, I feel like my my awareness gets really small. 
I don't, I can't take in very much and things get tight. Um, and so I lose connection a lot with the joy of life in that, when I'm in that kind of efforting place. And, you know, some, I was thinking, what are the things that are the, are the hardest? You know, when do we have to work the hardest? When do we need the wrestler energy effort? And I don't know what, what thoughts you have, but one of the things I thought about was, oh, you know, I think sometimes I see people, it's that hard when they're trying to go against their conditioning, when they're trying to resist strong, strong conditioning. That that's almost when the mo- there's most sweat and effort in in that kind of way, you know. And it, whether you're on the cushion or in life, that that um, resistance of the momentum of a, a habit, a pattern, a conditioning, a flow of karma can really require this courageous, intense amount of energy. And it's finite how long we can do that. It becomes, to me, brittle, or, um, like I said, I lose the joy. I lose connection, you know. Um, and, you know, sometimes we're trying harder, and so we're working harder. But I think, you know, some Tracy, I don't know who said it, but like, oh, actually, if I don't try so hard, it's easier, Right? There's, it's, it becomes easier to stay. And so that's the other thing. Sometimes we're, we're putting in more effort than we, a lot of times I think, we're putting in more effort than we need. Or maybe we're trying the wrong kind of effort. And so this is the other part of what I was kind of trying to point to in the practice is actually there's effort in getting ourselves to the cushion. There's effort in inspiring our hearts, making ourselves feel comfortable and safe. There's effort in um, making sure we're comfortable enough, right? Or that we didn't overeat before we came to sit. You know, like these. this is all effort that happens before, can happen before we come to the cushion. And actually, the more you practice, I think, the more the effort is in your ongoing awareness of your mind and what Ben was talking about, slowly this cleansing of your attitude, slowly this cleansing of your words, slowly this cleansing of your your aversive anger that you want to, you know, say these things that are harsh, those things start to dissipate, you know. Um, but it... it uh, it's good to know what kind of effort you're making and play with it. Be curious. And sometimes you'll find your mind is not acting the way it normally does. It's different. And so it needs a different kind of effort. So it's good to have practices and rituals and routines, but it's also good to keep tuning in about whether or not it's actually working in the moment, meaning working to help you be present with whatever's going on. So the four kinds of effort that that the Buddha talked about are essentially in two groups. One has to do with unskillful, and the other two have to do with the skillful. So with the unskillful, if we notice 
that we're being unskillful, we want to stop it, right? So if we're being harsh or critical or we're trying too hard in our meditation, we're being a wrestler, we want to try and stop it. And then once we stop it, we want to prevent it from happening again. Those are the two sides of, of working with the unskillful. With the, the skillful, we want to cultivate the skillful and then maintain the skillful. And actually, that's all you need to do, in my view, <laughs> mostly. It's really about cultivating because to to stop the unskillful, we're not trying to wrestle with the unskillful. If we fight with the unskillful, we're feeding the unskillful. We're giving it our life, precious awareness and energy, and it keeps it going. Whether it's because we're angry at ourselves or it or whatever, but we're we're still directing this energy, this awareness. This is our life energy toward the unskillful if we're trying to get, you know, stop it by suppressing it or stomping it out. Now, sometimes I have to say when it's something like really your awareness just goes, oh, no, I'm not going to say that. It's a pretty clear, like, easy stop of the unskillful. It's like, nope. <laughs> not going to go there. You know, that's pretty clean. So that's great, you know. And then, like, okay, how do I want to kind of support myself in not having that happen again and, and reflect on maybe how, yeah, I don't really want to go that way. I don't really want that in my life. So is there something I need to do to support myself around that? But for me, a lot of my work is around the cultivation of skillful. And that as it grows, the unskillful just peters out. There's just less and less of it. So it's knowing what do you want to cultivate? How do you want to, you know, how do you want to direct your energy in a skillful direction? And then maintaining it. So how do we maintain what is skillful? For me, one of the biggest practices is to appreciate to recognize, to have gratitude, to appreciate, to respect, not take it for granted. (laughs) These are things that help support it and maintain it. But that can change too. Our minds get bored. They get distracted. They get caught up in other things. So we have to keep adjusting what we're doing. And this is another part of effort. You know, I mean, I feel like sometimes... um, and when I'm on a longer retreat, I feel like I'm constantly having to adapt my effort, constantly having to shift what I'm doing to help myself maintain this balance. Because I'm, you know, you're, you're, the awareness, everything gets magnified, so you get more and more sensitive to what's happening. It requires more and more refinement, I think. So... Okay, I have uh, one l- more little thing to share with you, um, and then um, and then we'll do a, either a group or small group discussions, whatever you guys want to do. So I'm I'm just making this this part up, right? The dancer simile th- that's my making it up, right? That's not from the Buddha. These four efforts, those are the Buddhist teachings. Okay, this part I'm going to add now. I'm making it up. <laughs> Okay, and so this is um, just uh, I like acronyms that I find them helpful. 
So, and it's not perfect. My acronym is not perfect. Please enhance it and make it better for yourselves. But the idea is grace with effort. Grace with effort. Grace with effort. So if we use the G with the grace, like grounding, G for grounding, right? Orienting to here and now. This is the beginning of a really important mindfulness practice, right? Grounding here and now. The R, recognizing, right? And respecting the results of the effort of just grounding, recognizing what's happening. This is effort, right? And there's the A, acknowledging, appreciating whatever there is to be appreciated. C, courage, courage to turn toward the suffering instead of doing the habitual, trying to get away from it, trying to change it, trying to deny it, trying to talk ourselves out of it, trying to argue about why it's really the other person's fault and not my fault. No, it's this courage to go, oh, okay. (laughs) It hurts. Simply, purely, it hurts. And to be with that takes courage. And we need to know our limits, how long we can sit with something, right? Sometimes it's going to be short. But there can be, it's that moment, a magic moment of courage in the mirror, like, you know, I'm there, I see you, I can't stay with you, but I'm here and I see you. That moment can be enough. And respecting our capacity in the moment to be and stay with the suffering or needing to turn away, but doing it with choice, doing it with wisdom, like recognition. G-R-A, C, courage, R. Remember and recommit, right, and receive. So whatever our effort is, like we tried too hard or we didn't, didn't go the way it was, remember what you did. Recommit to to staying, you know, intentional. Receive whatever there is to learn from it, even if it's bad news, (laughs) even if you don't like it, right? And recognize the value of whatever was skillful. Don't miss that too. So remember, right? Remember all these pieces. And the E, exhale, release the unskillful reactions. Exhale. Don't make a self out of the effort. A good meditator, a bad meditator. (laughs) Forgive. Learn. Right? Exhale. Letting go. Letting go. Right? Not creating more dukkha. Suffering. So that's my little acronym. Grace with effort. And then I'll read you this quote. Gandhi said, Freedom is not worth having if it does not include the freedom to make mistakes. And Jack Cornfield says, Don't be afraid of making mistakes. Step out. Fly. Even if you get burned, you can fall back to earth and start again. It's never too late to start over. He said, Zen Master Dogen laughingly called life one continuous mistake. Yes, There is the fear of looking bad, but later when you review your life, will you wish you had held back? Probably not, Jack says.
All right. So would you guys like to do two groups of three, small group, just talking and reflecting in your small group about um, effort and reflections, maybe sharing, uh, you know, what kinds of efforts you bring, other ideas you might have, other similes? Yes? Okay, great. Um, So why don't you go ahead and make... Yes, Oh, yeah. Well, actually, probably. Will you participate, Richard? Are you going to participate? You're not going to plan on it? Okay. And Well, Sage, Sage will participate. So, yes. So we can have one group of four, one group of three. Um, well, but, but I think the group people might need to migrate. Some people need to migrate. Yes, Mustafa? You're, you're not going to stay? Okay. Are you okay? Okay. I just 